Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 21 of the Two Pad Stack Podcast. I'm your host, Ace, alongside my co-host, Birch. How's it going, Birch? Fantastic. Had a great week. Really happy to be back talking uh, talking Bruins hockey with you, and as I'm sure you're going to get into, we've got a nice surprise for you guys on this episode here. Oh yeah, maybe a surprise, I may not. We've been talking about it a lot. Uh, as you all know, Two Pad Stack is brought to you in partnership with primetime productions check them out bunch of really great content uh via the website via our socials um we have football podcasts we have basketball podcasts we um have some baseball content on the website a lot of bruins coverage so uh definitely check it out um you can find them at primetime prods on twitter and uh in addition our podcast is also brought to you in partnership with SeatGeek. Uh, remember, you can use promo code 2PADSTACKPOD, that is the number 2, P-A-D-S-T-A-C-K-P-O-D, to save 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. So yeah, uh, I guess the elephant's in the room. Everyone's probably tuning in right now to hear a little bit of uh, the interview that we had with uh, Bruins forward Morgan Geeky. Um, that's coming on later on in this episode. Very excited to have him on and... Uh, you know, it was a great interview, and you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, earlier this week, since the last time we spoke with you, Primetime Productions launched their uh, new live reaction show and, and live preview show called Primetime Preview. Um, I was fortunate enough to join it a couple times, join the boys while we were live reacting to the Boston Bruins. Um, had a wonderful time hanging out with uh, – you know, Brett Howard and uh, something's Bruins guys and, you know, Tommy as well. Um, Bridge, what, what were your thoughts of the primetime preview? I think it's a fantastic, a fantastic avenue for, you know, all of us to, to bring additional content to you guys. Um, my understanding is it's not going to just be a Bruins thing, although that's what it's been right now, but it's going to look to expand to the other sports too. It's uh, it's great. I had the opportunity to join uh, one of these uh, primetime previews for two thirds of a Bruins game. You know, it's not only a pre and post game show, it's us on, on screen, watching the game together, react live, reacting to everything that goes on. Um, had an absolute blast um, on uh, I believe it was for the Islanders game. Had an absolute blast, you know, watching the games with, you know, the stuff, something's Bruins guys, the only Bruins guys. And of course you ace, uh, we had our inaugural attempt at attempting the rally caps on, on the, uh, <laughs> on that, that that stream that really backfired and were removed pretty quickly because I think the Islanders scored once we put them on. Um, oh, yeah. We all looked like a bunch of bozos out there with our with our hockey helmets on. Ace and I had our goalie masks on. It was <laughs> all around good, good time, great laughs, and great content, you know, coming coming out of that. So I be sure to check it out, you know, on the uh, Twitter machine with, uh, you know, primetime prods. You'll, you'll see the updates, the announcements that we're going to be doing them. And uh, be sure to look for all your favorite uh, primetime hosts on there, you know, live reacting to the sporting events. Yeah, hanging out with Marty the Meat Man, too, is a lot of fun. Yep. Um, you know, Marty's been relatively new to the whole hockey world, but he's picked it all up pretty quickly. Um, he's the host of the uh, NBA uh, cross-court – what is it? Cross-court coverage. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, I don't speak basketball. Um, but Marty's a great dude. Check it out. Um, and he's always a, a valued member of our Chell team whenever he plays. He's a offside machine, offside machine. Yep, yeah, but he's especially effective when he's concussed. So yes, yes. if you if you hear that he's going to be playing NHL and you see him, just clonk him on the noggin first. Make him a little <laughs> bit more efficient for all of us. Um, but yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. Um, many brewskis were had by all, and mm -hmm. uh, you know if you if you paid attention towards the end of them. Um, the the times seem to get more and more outrageous, to say the least. Um, I still had to, uh, I had to get the the smell of beer out of my goalie mask. Um, because I, I wasn't I, doing that. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> I poured it directly through the cage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it went right down my nose. I almost died. But, um, <laughs> it was it was a good time. Yeah. So as Burr says, uh, right now it's been just the Bruins games, but there's going to be other games that are coming down the pipe. Um, so I think that there's going to be some NFL coverage and, mm -hmm. and maybe some NBA stuff as well. You will not see me on those broadcasts because I don't give a rat's ass about those. 
personally, but we have some wonderful other content creators that'll be bringing you some high uh, high quality entertainment, including your co-host, previews. including your co-host. Yeah, so <laughs> Burge might be there, which means you might not want to tune in, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It was a lot of fun, and we look forward to those kind of continuing. Um, speaking of a lot of fun, I don't know, Burst. Do you think it might be a good time to announce that we're having a live event coming up in January? Fantastic! Yeah, absolutely. Think, take it away. Should, should we take the the, uh, the 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 cloth off it and reveal it? Let's go. All right. So uh, on January twenty seventh, it's going to be Saturday, I believe. Uh, there's a matinee game. The Bruins are hosting, I believe, the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, game is at 12.30. Uh, as you all have heard me, if you've listened to the show, I work at a brewery. I'm actually working there right now because our power's out at home um, recording this pod. And uh, the owner of the brewery, Peter LaPlante, was very kind enough to offer us to host a live Bruins viewing party. And at the, the viewing party, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, actually have a, a live taping uh, a live recording i don't think anybody uses tapes 2023 ace what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> uh but we're gonna do a live episode recording at the, the watch party um so keep an eye out for some, some content some promotions going out about that it's up here in rochester new hampshire at back hill beer um at 73 pickering road so if you get a chance if you're listening if you want to hang out with birds and myself birds will be here um watch some hockey together there's gonna be Maybe some discounted brewskis. So uh, great variety of beers here. We got we got a lager on. We've got IPAs. We've got a sour. Uh, we've got a brown ale. We're gonna have a stout available. So whatever you like, if you like beer, you're gonna love the beer here. You're gonna love to watch some hockey here. Um, and we would really hope to see you there. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, additional information coming out soon. But pencil it in on your calendar, January twenty seventh. Uh, Boston Bruins watch party at Back Hill Beer with the two pad stack. So we hope to see you there. Opportunity to bash my takes in person. Just yeah, take that take that opportunity when you can get it. Absolutely, I make fun of him in person all the time whenever I see him. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's go ahead and and break down before we go over to the interview with Morgan Geeky, um, which I know you're all very excited for. We'll get there. I promise you. I'm not holding out on you. Um. Let's go ahead and break down the week that was. So Bruins had a lot of extra hockey, a lot of extra past the 60 minutes. Um, and honestly, you know, holistically from a high level on, if I could summarize all three games, I would say a depleted lineup performed pretty well. You know, I honestly, I saw that lineup, the, the matchups coming up, you know, New Jersey, high flying young team, a lot of expectations right now. The Islanders, veteran team, Heavy team. Gritty. Gritty. A lot of pressure on them right now from the management and their fan base. Um, they they needed to get a result here. And then who else but the New York Rangers, who's currently, I think, ahead of the Boston Bruins in the standings. Um, so very difficult trio of games. And the Bruins went out there and they got um, four out of six points, which is not a bad showing. Um, we'll kind of talk about the Devils game first. Uh, really hard-fought game. What What was your thoughts on that game, Burge? Again, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It was a depleted lineup that was playing against a, a young up-and-coming team that is, you know, has a lot of a lot of high draft pick talent with Jack Hughes, Nico Hishier on that squad there. Um, goaltending is again, you know, we talk about it all the time. Backbone of this team. And, you know, Jeremy Swayman had a really good day despite not getting the win in yeah, this one he here. Um, you know, 33 saves. You, you lose an overtime, it's a three-on-three situation. You know, there's going to be openings and stuff. So you don't – unless there's an absolutely boneheaded play by a goalie, you don't expect it. You know, it's, it's not his fault. But he's the reason that they were there. They were outshot in this game by a pretty substantial margin. They were outshot by 11 shots. And the Bruins got themselves to, you know, to overtime to get the point. Again, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. They got four out of six points on this trip. They did lose twice, but they got the point out of it. So you get a yeah. point out of a loss. That's always, always going to be a win, especially when you have some of your big guys that are, you know, banged up. 
Yeah, no number one seed, no number one defenseman. They were in a pickle, and I really had low expectations for them. And, you know, for them to grind it out and get some points, I was really impressed. Uh, I got to say, though, I'm not really stoked with the current uh, strategy or or what's going on as soon as extra hockey happens. The three-on-three overtime has not been good lately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I in fact, even against the, the Rangers, you know, when you have Brad Marchand out there taking a vase off, like, what are you doing? Like, Brad Marchand's never been a center in his career. And you had Matty Potra with him. Like, let the kid take a face off. Like, I don't even know. It it, it ticked me off. Bees didn't, in that, especially in that Rangers game, Bees didn't have possession at all in overtime. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers kept doing that stupid reset thing where they bring it all the way back. Um, but I bounced it around. Uh, the Islanders, Islanders game, that was, I had whiplash from that. Like, I was like, okay, we lose. Okay, we're back. Okay, we lose. Okay, we're back. Like I was, I didn't even know what the hell was going on in that game, and somehow Mason Lurai from behind the net banks it in off the mm-hmm. goaltender to draw it even with like four minutes left. I was like, of all the goals to to get it done, like that, you know. I guess they don't. You don't ask how. You ask how many. So that that was a good one for the kid to get. It, it was an impressive game, and you might have the whiplash because that was a game that you and I were both on for uh, for the primetime preview. So. Um, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, they came I was, back. I, they I came was back muted mo- there, but yeah, yeah, I was like, probably the inebriation was something <laughs> that contributed yeah. to the whiplash for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, in this game, it was very impressive for the Bruins because they 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 fought themselves back from a deficit in this game, not once, not twice, but three times. Gritty. They would, they were concerned. that's the kind of what we expected going into the season that that's how they were going to yeah. have to kind of grease their way into into some of these wins and this was a perfect example of it they go down two two nothing in the first i'm sorry in the second and before the end of the second you're tied at two going to the intermission tied a late goal by Pasternak tied it gives you a little bit of momentum you think going into the third period not the case the islanders score first they take the lead five minutes later Bruins tie it islanders take the lead again what do the Bruins do? They tie it and they end up getting the win in the shootout. It kind of felt like how the bees were last year, right? You know, even when the Bruins faced a little bit of adversity during a game, they were always still in it. And mm-hmm. it was always like a common conclusion that they were going to score again, to draw it even and, and bring it to that, you know, OT where they would inevitably somehow win again. Right. Um, so it kind of had the the shades of the Boston Bruins of last year. So, um, you know, our, our good friend of the show, Morgan Geeky, had a heck of a week, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was elevated to the top line center for those three games. And, you know, he scored a couple big goals. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he filled in that in that role perfectly in Zaka's absence. And it won't surprise me if, you know, as the season goes on, that he gets a little bit more looks there. I mean, the team is really kind of looking for that next kind of player to kind of take that take the reins on that that top six center role. Obviously Zaka and Coyle are filling in there right now, but Coyle's not getting any younger himself. And you, you kind of want somebody that's going to be here long-term. And I think the way that uh, Morgan Geeky kind of filled in this week kind of showed some promise that, Hey, we can give this kid a look, you know, down the road, especially if there's situations where guys get banged up. Exactly. Well, I think that's as good of a segue as ever for Mm -hmm. us to maybe throw you right over to that interview with Morgan Geeky that we just had. So, um, yeah, we'll send you over there right now. Yeah, we hope you enjoy it. We did. That's for sure. All right. Uh, Yeah, we're here with Morgan Geeky of the Boston Bruins. Um, Morgan, how's everything going, man? Thanks for joining the Two Pad Stack. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, Things are going good. Um, You know, it's uh, it's been a busy time where we're coming up to Christmas as it always is, but um, it'll be good to get a little break and see some family and stuff. So it'll be lots of fun. Yeah. You guys are getting ready to hit the road too. I think um, hopefully you're not heading out today with the weather, the way it is. Huh? No, I know. I said we were, we were practicing the lights are fl- flickering. So I thought we might get an early end of practice today, but uh, they came back on, unfortunately. No such luck. That would have uh, sucked to cut out that, uh, that shootout at the end there though. I know uh, like my, Arbert, mine or Potsy's? <clears throat> uh Both. I mean, Potsy's was way more entertaining than ours. So. <laughs> it was a little more at stake with the whole USA Canada side yeah, of things for with, sure. uh, with Potsy hitting the road. So, yeah, pretty exciting that that news just hit. But, um, yeah, I, I wanted to chat with you a little bit about your road to the NHL. Um, you've had a little bit of an un- unconventional route so far to your career. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. You were drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes. 
Um, how was the draft process for you? Did, did you really enjoy that process? Was it um, pretty stressful for you? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it was too stressful. Um, mm -hmm. I was passed over my first year, so I was eligible mm -hmm. the year before um, and didn't get drafted or anything like that. Um, so then the next year I had a really good year. We had a good team that year too. And, um, I went to the combine. I wasn't really expecting to go to the combine and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I went there, did well, talked to a few teams and stuff, but like, didn't really have expectations of anything. I didn't go to the draft either. I was never, okay. um, <clears throat> I was never like, I never had an inkling to go to the draft. I was always like, unless you're like plotted to go like super early or, you know, you're yeah. going to go. I was like, I'll spare myself the disappointment of not going Yeah, and just to save the anxiety and save face a little bit. So we had a lot of people over like at my house, um, at my parents' house, um, when I got drafted and it was lots of fun. Nice. Um, yeah, so it was, it was good, but I mean, nothing that I would like, it's obviously something you remember, but the process mm -hmm. itself was, was something that we didn't, I, I personally didn't put a lot of weight on. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm interested, like, did, did you do a lot of like pre-scouting or did you have any conversations with the, the hurricane staff or how did that process kind of go? Um, I mean, I, t I think I talked to like 23 teams, 25 oh, okay. teams. So it was like a decent amount. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I remember vaguely, like, I think they were one of the ones that had a, like a, a mental like skills person in there. Oh, interesting. Cause some teams have like, some teams have um, just the hockey staff, like just the general managers and stuff. And they yeah. had, that's what I remember was just this lady that was like the psychologist or like a mental skills person. Okay. So that's all I remember, but there was no, like nothing that was like stood out to me. Yeah. You had no like idea that, Oh, I'm probably going to Carolina. It was just no, like, no idea at all. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you obviously, you know, made an impression. I think you were, you were a third round pick, correct? Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, first NHL game for you in Carolina, I believe, and uh, two goals in it. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Yeah. Pretty easy league, huh? I mean, it was for one game, but that's about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, um, Bruce, you had a question about the expansion draft experience. Yeah, so I just wanted to uh, get your take. I know uh, the Seattle expansion draft, you were, you were exposed by Carolina. I wanted to get your take on how, how that felt. Uh, you obviously knew ahead of time that you were going to be exposed by Carolina going into that draft. Um, what was that experience, the whole experience like? Um, did you have a gut feeling if you were going to be picked by Seattle at that point, or did you just kind of go in with like kind of an open mind? Um, I think it was a, it was a definitely a cool experience. I was, I wasn't in or eligible when Vegas came around. I was too young. So that was like the first time I'd been, been there. And um, <clears throat> it was like, it, it was one of those experiences where um, you, you don't really know what to expect just because like it's fresh for everybody. Um, it all kind of happened really quickly. Like I think it was like the day before, like super early in the morning, like two or three in the morning, I was sleeping. And my agent called me and I think maybe that's when he found out or found out I wasn't going to be exposed. And it was kind of between me and a few guys on who was going to go um, to Seattle. And it was a big deal, I think with who was going to come from Carolina because of the relationship that we had with Ron. Cause Ron was there before. Right. Right. Um, so there's just the guys that had been drafted by Ron once already in Carolina. And that obviously there was some sort of interest at one point there. Um, and then, yeah, every, they kind of leaked everything super early. So honestly, I found out maybe five minutes before, like I tried to text like my parents. I was like, just tell right. everybody as fast as you can. Cause you could see the names already coming out. Thanks, Frank Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good at his job, obviously, but yeah. everyone's a surprise. Um, but yeah, it was uh it was good. So it was just tough to like tell everybody before they heard from from all the insiders and stuff. So mm -hmm. um, it made like watching the actual like unveiling of the team a little less spectacular, but it was it was lots of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Uh I I'm curious, you've played in both conferences now in your NHL career. Um, there's a lot of talk from people that obviously aren't playing and they, they maybe don't have as much contact as a player. Like, have you noticed a big difference in the style of game from the Western conference to the Eastern conference? Um, I mean, a little bit for sure. I think especially like last year coming over here, like on our trips and stuff, you could tell, um, just, there were so many like powerhouse teams. Like obviously Boston was, you know, the best regular season team of all time. And then you have Carolina who's, you know, always a staple Toronto, 
things like that. Um, it's just, it, it seems a lot tighter, I would say, on the Eastern side. Um, like, you still have good teams, like obviously Colorado, Vegas came out yeah. one last year. Like, there's still good teams on both sides, but um, maybe the physicality would be one. Um, would you say the West is more physical than the East? I would, I, from my experience, I would say the East is a little more physical. Okay. And maybe that's just the style of play that I've played. Like, um, in Carolina, you know, they're a pretty hard physical team, and same with Boston. Um, in Seattle, like, we were still trying to establish our identity, and I think we got there towards the end of my time there. But um, I wouldn't say, like, it, it's not as big of a difference as people think. I think that's just the way the league's laid out now. Like, yeah. you know, a few years ago, it was, like, San Jose, Anaheim. Like, all those teams were powerhouses out there. So I think it's just the tides have turned a little bit of, yeah. of like, what teams are good, and, and eventually it's going to go back the other way. Yeah. Well, I know for a while there, I mean, you were lucky if you got – you know, at one point out of every one of those California teams when you go through that buzzsaw of a trip. And that obviously yeah. the narrative just kind of flipped a little bit with those mm -hmm. teams in a rebuilding stage. But, uh, but yeah, 100% get it. I bet yeah, you the no. travel's a little nicer now that you're in Boston than what it was out in Seattle. It is good, yeah. Um, like, you notice it coming back from trips, especially, like, in New York up there and, and even, like, eastern, eastern Canada, like, all mm -hmm. these um, – all these places like you're coming back. The only issue I've found that I dislike is you're always losing time when you come back. Yeah. So like when I was in Seattle, even if we'd come like for playoffs, for example, we'd, we'd go to debt. We play Dallas in the second round. So it was a two hour time change, but every time we'd come home, we're gaining two hours. So yeah, you get home nice. at three, but it's only one. And so it's not terrible. Whereas here, like, I think we had one, I think we were in Dallas and we came here and we got home at like, it wasn't that bad. It was like one thirty or two and it, you get home at four, it seems like. So that's the only issue, but like the actual time that things take is definitely a lot. Um, it definitely helps for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely imagine that's a pretty significant impact. Um, Fast forward a little bit. So your, your time in Seattle's come to an end. One reason or another, I believe that they didn't tender you a qualifying offer, making you an unrestricted free agent. Um, you had your pick of the litter. You're, you're 24 years old. I can only imagine you had a ton of offers on the table. That's just me assuming. But, you know, uh, Boston with the departure of David Krejci, with the departure of Patrice Bergeron, there's a void at center. Um you know, what, was that something that played a big role in your decision on signing with Boston? Or what, what was kind of what ultimately led you to sign with the Boston Bruins? Um, you know, I think the big one for me was um, just, I think, the organization itself. Like, I, I did. I talked to a decent amount of teams. And, and um, obviously, Boston was the best team in the league last year. And, and everyone would say that in the regular season. And um, when I, like, I think it was in July, I don't think that um, – Krejci or Bergeron had decided on what they were going to do. Um, obviously, that decision always looms every year when you get guys around that age. Yeah. Um, and it didn't really factor in for me. Like, I played wing towards the end of the playoffs anyway. So I, mm -hmm. I was like, I can play center. I can play wing. It's kind of makes no difference to me. And um, <clears throat> it was just like being a part of something like that. And to be able to, you know, have two years with an organization is always something that you look for when it happens. Um just for the added security, you know, I've got a, um, a kid now and, and to be settled for two years and not have to, to worry about stuff in the summer is always an added benefit. Um, so yeah, it was just like trying to like, anytime you can join the best team in the league, regardless of, of what's going to happen in the off season. I mean, I remember, I know when I came here, I've been here like coming to play here as a visitor. I hated coming to play here. Just <laughs> everyone's like, it's a stereotypical, like, um, Boston's mean, like they're gritty. Like it's, it's kind of what everyone sees from the outside, but like when to be a part of that is, is it's lots of fun to be on the other side of it. So it's uh, something tough to say no to that. Yeah. Well, I can say that your, your style of game really fits what Bostonians love. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're not from Boston version. We're from New Hampshire, but we consider ourselves, you know, Boston, we go down to the city all the time. I've been in probably about seven games already i'm a i'm a game plan holder so i i try to get there to support the boys but i'm way up in the, the second to last row you won't ever hear me um <laughs> but uh i'm curious you know how, how's the acclimation process been you know getting used to to life in the city of boston and how does it compare to like living in seattle um it's good yeah um we're a little bit outside like we're not downtown or anything we're a little bit outside the city it's a little bit more of a drive but 
Uh, me and my wife are from super small towns, so okay. um, I'm okay with, I'd rather have it a little quieter, a little bit farther away from everything and um, just to be able to get away and away from, from everything and the noise and whatnot. But um, it's, it's good. The organization has been awesome. The facilities are great. Obviously they're both pretty new and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, I definitely can't complain. Um, you know, the year's still young. It seems like it's going by pretty quick just cause it's already almost Christmas, but you know, we've got 60 games left or seven, whatever that is, 50 games left. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of time left and, um, everything's been good so far. I, I have no complaints other than the weather the last few days. <laughs> yeah, it's only going to get worse the more the snow comes. Yeah, right? at, yeah. Least, at least it's not Winnipeg or uh, Edmonton. I, I understand you're from up there originally, correct? Yeah, I'm from like three hours west of Winnipeg. Yeah, so it was pretty damn cold where you're from. So it'll, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be balmy and warm in Boston compared yeah, to Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I haven't had a Winnipeg winter in a while, so. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> I went to Edmonton once for a work trip, and uh, – I caught a game when the Bruins were in town, paid for by my job because they had a box in uh, in, in the Edmonton arena, and it was January. And they're like, "Aaron, you better be ready because you know it's going to be cold." I was like, "I'm from New England, you know, I'm used to the winter. I, I can handle the cold." And I walked outside in Edmonton at the end of January. I'm like, "Like this is not cold. Like I, my lungs hurt. Like this is yeah. not going to be sustainable. It burns. I'm getting yeah, at least the sunshine though. Most times the sunshine, so it's not too bad. Yeah, for sure." Uh, you read your piece with um, Allison Lucan over there at Seattle. Really enjoyed the Deep Bank series over there. I myself love my tattoos. I actually have a Bobby Orr tattoo right there. and love the bees awesome. that much. Yeah. Uh, full full sleeve of Norse mythology because my grandmother was born in Denmark, so I really embrace that side of my heritage. Um, I, I, I've, I understand that you try to find a local artist wherever you land. Have you found your Boston artist yet? And have you already gotten the, the work done for Boston yet? Um, you know, I'm working on it. Um, I've like looked around. I haven't really found anything out where I am. Uh, if you have any suggestions or anyone has any suggestions, I'm definitely open. Um, but I haven't found anyone here. Um, okay. I'm definitely interested, but um, something I'm still like, it's one of those things where I like, you know, like you get the itch and like, it's tough to get rid of it. So it was something like, I, I think I found one in Seattle towards, mm -hmm. actually it was right at the start of it. I got pretty lucky and uh, sorry, the lights are just shutting off in here. Uh Oh, power's out. I don't think it's out, but I don't know what happened. Oh, you, you haven't moved enough. Okay? I can I see you. You're fine. Okay. You can get up if um, you want though. At the set it off, whatever. Here. One sec. We're almost done. One sec. Sure. There we go. Let there be light, he said. Also. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> no, um, you're good. I'm new here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's something that I, I try to do just because it um, gets me like out there. It gets me kind of interested in the community. And, and honestly, I learned a lot from the, the guy that I, uh, I was tattooing me in Seattle. I, I didn't mm -hmm. get a lot from just a couple pieces, but um, it, it's uh, just to learn a little bit about the city and um, Honestly, the, the guy in Seattle knew nothing about hockey. So you got to kind of get to learn, you know, a little bit about everything else, which is, I, I like it that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, yeah, that, that's awesome. I, I have some suggestions for you, but they're probably going to be up here in New Hampshire. I don't know. Have you, if you, <laughs> have you driven up to New Hampshire at all? Yet? No, how far? I heard it's not that far. It's like an hour. Yeah. So you could drive like 45 minutes directly on 95. You'll end up in New Hampshire. But um, a lot of beautiful mountains here. If you like skiing, if you like snowboarding. Yeah, uh, probably probably not a great idea if you uh, don't want to end up on the IR though. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I just can't. Yeah, I said that's the one thing I'm gonna have to do when I'm done playing hockey is start taking up skiing and snowboarding. You miss out on that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, we've got some artists that I'd, I'd recommend in Barrington, New Hampshire, Portsmouth region. So um, I'll shoot an email to the, to the PR team and they can share. Yeah, please. Yeah, I would. I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Morgan, it's been fantastic having you on. Uh, really great to get to know you. Um, you're our first uh, member of the team to join the podcast. So it's a big moment for us as a pod. We really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, we'd like to wish you the best of luck with the re remainder of the season and hopefully see you guys, uh, you know, maybe capture that elusive uh, Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was it was lots of fun. So if you uh, if you ever want me back, I'm I'm definitely willing. Let me know. Hell yeah. Love uh, it. Awesome. Thanks again for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thank you. And that was our interview with Bruins forward Morgan Geeky.
uh, it was so much fun having Morgan on, just shooting the shit with him and, you know, getting his context into, you know, his road to the NHL and, you know, what the expansion draft was like. And you could, you just heard the interview. Um, we're still a, a little stoked and a little high and high that we were able to have this chat with him. And it was a great time. Birds, what were your thoughts? Unbelievable experience um, getting the chat with Morgan there. I mean, getting his insight into how the inner workings of the NHL work. You know, he's gone through quite a few of the processes there. So getting all that was awesome to hear. Awesome guy to get on, talk to, just shoot the breeze with. You know, like you said, we're still flying high, I think, a little bit from uh, from that interview. So it was awesome, an awesome time, and uh, hope to do it again soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it would, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity of having Morgan on again on the, the show, maybe later on in the future when we have a little bit more of his, uh, you know, uh, acclamation to Boston done, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully many more wins under the uh, Bruins record this year. Um but, uh, yeah, it was our absolute treat to uh, bring that interview to all of you. Hopefully you guys got to know Morgan Geeky a little bit better. Um, he is trying to obviously get to know the community and, and, you know, the fan base a little bit more and get engaged. So, um, yeah, really awesome to have him on. Probably probably the highlight of the podcast so far for me. Absolutely. Same with me. Absolutely the highlight of the podcast, you know, getting to talk to, a, you know, a member of the team and uh, – just again, hearing all what he had to say and going through all the processes he's had in, in his young career. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, so we talked about it a little bit on the interview, but we had some other Bruins news that dropped today, Burge. Um, you know that I've talked about it before, that I, I didn't necessarily like the way that Jim Montgomery was handling uh, Matty Patra and the utilization and the scheduled rest days. And, um, you know, there was a tweet that was out by Scott Wheeler earlier today that the Bruins and Matty Potter's camp have been debating in the last 48 hours, you know, what's best for him and his development. Mm -hmm. And uh, ultimately this morning, the Bruins made the conclusion that they're going to send Matt Potter to the world juniors for team Canada. Um, Do you agree with that decision, Burge? What's, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I, I, I I do. I like the fact that he's going to get to go play first country, get to do that whole tournament over there in Sweden Mm -hmm. I think the decision would have been different had Zaka been out longer term. Yeah. Because at that point you need you need the bodies, you need the centermen to to play there. Um, but all, overall, I don't hate the decision. I think it's going to be great for him as a 19 year old kid to get some experience in that tournament, um, and you know continue to develop as a player. And I think you we were talking about this you know before everything today about how Don Sweeney basically affirmed that he's going to be back with the Bruins after. The, the tournament is complete, which is a good, which is a good sign. You know, you're not going to, you know, he's not at the point where they want to send him back to his junior team, even though it would burn a year off the contract. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's the right move. I think, you know, just, just for his development as a player, mm-hmm. um, getting the experience of playing in that tournament will, will go a long way for him. Yeah. I think it's going to be great for him because he's not, he's going to go from a situation where he's, you know, double, you know, thinking twice about everything. Am I making the right play here? Am I putting myself at a disadvantage if I do this? If I make a mistake here, am I going to get another scheduled night off? You know, let him just go play with his peers, people mm-hmm. the same age as him, where he can dominate. You know, this exposure that he's had to the NHL will give him, you know, the upper hand compared to these kids that have only been playing in, you know, college or in, in you know, the CHL. So um, I saw some preliminary lines and it looks like, Matty Potter is going to be potentially the top line center for team Canada, which is huge. Um, he's heading over to Sweden today. And the other thing that's funny is right on the heels of our interview, it looks like uh, Morgan geeky's little brother um, who was drafted by the Arizona coyotes in the first round, maybe uh, Matty Potter's left winger. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. That would be absolutely kind of a little story. Definitely. I think that'd be uh that'd be an awesome thing to see. And I'm sure Morgan's, Given uh, given Matty Potra a little bit of uh, insight into how his brother plays, so that'll be cool to see. Absolutely, um, Bruins week ahead. Burst. What are your kind of things that you're keeping an eye out for? Just some consistency. You know, I want them to be. You know, continue to avoid the late game letdowns that have kind of plagued them at times throughout this year, mm-hmm. and just continue to put together to string together uh, a, a good a good. Um, a good string of games going into the holiday break. We know that the players are going to get their holiday break uh, for Christmas here after I think the Bruins last game is Saturday. Um, they'll be coming back home from, I believe it's actually Minnesota again. 
mm-hmm. but yeah, let's see them take care of business against these teams that are in the West and, you know, go into the break on a high note. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, Minnesota seems to be on a little bit of a rough patch lately. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury isn't playing the best game, you know, the best hockey of his career, which is to be expected. You know, he's got that – he's gotten to that point, that age. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still one of the most athletic goaltenders in the NHL, I feel like. But um, really hoping the Bruins can string together more, you know, 60-minute efforts. I don't want to see any more late starts like we've seen out of them in the last few weeks. You know, there's a few mm-hmm. times where – the opposition's in TD Garden, and they've got like twelve shots before the Bruins get their third. And it's like, what are you, what are you guys doing here? Like, I know that you guys know what you're doing, but like, what are you doing here? Because you guys got to get it going here. Um, so I, I hope to see a sixty minute effort um, from them. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be in, you know, not the friendly confines, if you will. Um, but yeah, you know, sometimes hitting the road is what a team needs to kind of come together. You know, everyone loves spending time with their family. You know, Burge mm-hmm. and I are dads. We love our kids, but that can also be somewhat of a distraction sometimes to building relationships and camaraderie and, and teamwork. And, you know, when you go on a roadie and all you do is hanging out with, with the boys, you know, you, you, you build those relationships that you don't do when you're at home. So um, it's also really nice to see at practice today, Pavel Zaka and Charlie McAvoy back in the lineup. Um, like you had mentioned, that's probably a big reason why Don Sweeney was okay with sending Matty Potra over mm-hmm. to Canada is that Pavel Zak is back and can take that, that, you know, that open spot at the, uh, top line C, um, Morgan Geeky was slotted down to the third line center. So a little bit more of a traditional third line where they're going to grind them down and, and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, get some dirty goals out in front of the net, Trent Frederick style, like against that Rangers team. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see where things go from here. Um, you have anything? Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be good. Um, Charlie McAvoy was back at practice today too, so that's that's yep. a huge a huge piece of news to see on the back end for the Bruins. I know we've been seeing a lot of Ian Mitchell, Parker uh, Watherspoon, all those guys have filled in. And in the absence, it's going to be good to have that that stud number one defenseman back in your lineup. They, I think they've desperately kind of missed that. Um, it's good to see Ian Mitchell, again, demoted back down to Providence, so we may not have to watch more of him for a while unless somebody else gets hurt. Uh, but, yeah, it seems like the team's finally getting, getting healthy again, which is good. Always a recipe for success when you can start getting your lineup back together, get some games under your belt, and uh, get the chemistry back flowing, you know, how it was early in the season. Absolutely. Um, I'm very, I was kind of surprised and, and it actually, you know, in hindsight, I'm not that surprised, but Charlie McAvoy was asked about the hit that sidelined him. And, you know, I, in my opinion, JJ Paterka stuck out his elbow and he intentionally delivered an mm-hmm. elbow to the upper body of Charlie McAvoy. And if I was Charlie McAvoy, I'd be pissed. I'd be looking for JJ Paterka the next time I was on the ice, you take a number and you, you get your, uh, your licks right back. But Charlie McAvoy out there is saying, Oh, you know, I have no problem with the hit that injured him. It's fine. Whatever. So maybe I, I, he's just being a professional, but yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't expect him to say anything else. I mean, he's, he's never been the kind of guy that's, that's come out and really been, you know, really straightforward with, you know, in terms of stuff like that. So I, I, I wouldn't expect anything. I, I think we'd be naive to think that in the back of his head, he's not, if he gets an opportunity to lay a clean hit on the guy, he's not going to take it. Mm. So I don't think he's, he's not, he's not the type of player that's going to go out and throw a cheap shot, but if he gets an opportunity on a clean hit, I think he'll take it as he should. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think he would do that to any player, even if they hit them, hit him or not. That's just the kind of guy that McAvoy is. But... Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, in other news, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about the Bob York collection for a few weeks now. Um, the early whitelist mint is actually today, which is pretty exciting um, for people that have been whitelisted on that project. If you don't remember this discussion, um, you know, NHL Hall of Famer, everybody knows him, everybody loves him. Number four, Bobby Orr is teaming up with uh, Paul Gerben and the Pastel Network. Um, they're doing a collection of digital art called the Bobby Orr collection. Um, it's a tribute to Bobby's fans and his illustrious hall of fame career. 
Uh, it includes digital trading cards, limited edition artwork, uh, and there's even you know utility, uh, including unique ex exclusive experiences like one-on-one -on -one video calls, uh, signed memorabilia, the ability to go to a game with Bobby Orr in Florida. Um, so really cool stuff. It's not just an NFT. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. Right. Uh, the inaugural release, the Orr 1444 deck, um, is going to be limited edition. So there is a finite number of cards available. We do have a link for you to get access to that on our Twitter account. So take a look at that. Um, there's going to be NFTs of Orr's iconic moments, such as you know him diving through the air when he scored the Stanley Cup winning goal. Um, it's going to be through desktop sculptures, life-size statues, really crazy stuff. Uh, it's designed by renowned artist Paul Gerben. He's done work for really high-profile people uh, like Jimmy Fallon, artist Pink, former President Barack Obama, and uh, designer Tommy Hilfiger. So if you want to stay up to date on this, take a look at the Bobby Orr Collection at or collection that's o-r-r-c-o-l-l-e-c-t-i-o-n on twitter and you can visit the website at www.bobbyor.io for more information um i am going to be trying to mint mine today i think burge is going to try as well mm -hmm. um you know hopefully everything works out and we're able to uh join the legion of nerds that have nfts so <laughs> Yeah, first first dive into it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think this is about the uh, the only project that would make me jump into that world. So, congratulations, uh, Pastel Network, you got me. Um, but yeah, so we're we're all sorts of a little bit disorganized because we haven't had a chance to really put together our full agenda because of the interviews. So um, we're gonna probably wrap here. We've got a wonderful new segment that we're going to go ahead and throw you over to. Um, we're going to call it the uh, two pad stack hat trick, which are going to be our picks for the upcoming week. Um, so we're going to throw you over there right now and hopefully make you a little bit of cash money. So Let's tune go. in next week. It's going to be a reoccurring segment and we'll, we'll send you over there right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And good morning, good afternoon and or good evening, wherever, however you listen to my voice. Thank you for tuning in to the two pad stack podcast hosted by primetime productions and here i am peach pat however you know me by this is the first ever two pad stack hat trick with patrick yes and i am the patrick and i'm going to come to you with three count them three picks for Tuesday, and here it is, the inaugural two pad stack Patrick with Patrick. I am Patrick at Poolside Pat One. My first pick for Tuesday, December the 19th, is going to be the over six and a half goals scored. That's minus 108 in the St. Louis Blues at Tampa Bay Lightning game. Yes, both teams average right around three goals. And as you know, three plus three equals seven when it comes to the NHL. And I'm a St. Louis guy, so I'm going with the Blues to score some goals here. Next, we have my New York Rangers. Yes, I know some people listening to this are going to be upset with this, but that's my favorite team. And we just happened to beat the Bruins in Boston. And I like the Rangers to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Plus 100 just to win the money line there. To keep the momentum going. But that being said, my puck line pick. So I had it over under. I had a money line. And now I have my puck line for December 19th. And that is... The Boston Bruins, minus one and a half. That's plus 136 on DraftKings. That is a home Bruins game. Look to get them back on track against the Wild and win by two goals or more. There you have it. My first ever Patrick with Patrick here on the Two Pad Stack podcast. And you know what? If you're listening to this, I know they've already said it, but if you go to SeatGeek, 
you can get $20 off your first purchase by using code 2PADSTACKPOD. That's the number 2, P-A-D-S-T-A-C-K-P-O-D for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Thank you for listening. It's been your Hattrick with Patrick, three picks of the day. Let's go Rangers. So there's Pat's picks. Yeah, so uh, the hat trick from Patrick, the inaugural uh, three picks from our good friend from Primetime Productions. He's got the uh, over-under at 6.5 for the St. Louis Blues at Tampa Bay Lightning. He's got the Rangers to beat Toronto on the money line for tonight. And the um, puck line for the Boston Bruins to defeat the uh, Minnesota Wild. So if you don't know, Pat's not a Bruins fan. He's a Rangers guy. So rags. Big, big rags guy. So, uh, you know, it says something when he's coming out here and saying the Boston Bruins are going to win. It's not just us being Bruins homers. So we got that going for us, which is nice. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the picks? First. Yeah, so I'm not a big uh, gambler when it comes to to hockey. I, I don't really understand the. Like, I mean, I guess I do understand it, but I don't understand how how to really pick a puck line. It's a lot easier when you're betting like a sport like football because the spreads on the puck on the on the, sp- the spread is basically the puck line where you're com- comparing the exactly. two. Exactly. The spreads in football are a little bit easier to read because it's not like you get a point for every score in football. There's variations, so there's a lot more. Uh, combinations at which you could end up winning uh, and covering one of those bets. I like the puck line against Minnesota. That's basically saying that Boston's going to beat Minnesota by two. Exactly. Um, I do like that. Um, and, and an interesting one, the over 6.5 St. Louis and Tampa Bay is basically calling for a high scoring affair in that one. So yep. um, yeah, interested to see how the first, the first round of these bets pan out. Yeah, we're good, definitely going to see how this goes. And and like I said, this uh, hat trick with Patrick is going to be a weekly segment here on the Two Bad Stack. So, yeah, once again, thanks to uh, Pat Geary uh, on joining us. Uh, it's Poolside Pat, for those of you that don't know. Um, friend of Burge. So, uh, yeah, really excited to keep this as a reoccurring thing. Hopefully, um, hopefully, two pad stack can't be blamed for your uh, gambling losses in about six months. So uh, I'm hoping um, it teaches me uh, teaches me a little bit more about gambling and, and hockey, understanding how the odds and everything plays out with hockey. Definitely looking forward to seeing how it works out. Absolutely. Um, by the time we talk next, it's going to be Christmas. You got any fun plans, Burge? You going anywhere? Uh, not right now. We're still in the process of kind of trying to figure everything out. Can I just say, I cannot believe that it is December. We're recording on December it, 18th. It's got crazy, dude. dude so one of the, one of my, my, my oldest son's biggest things he loves, I have Amazon photos and it shows you like the yearly memories for that date on it. And my son every night wants to look at old pictures of himself on my phone. And tonight I was going through it with him and I'm looking back to like last Christmas and I'm like, holy crap. A, how much has he changed? And B, I I kind of lost it in the back of my mind that I was stuck in last Christmas, couldn't go anywhere because I had COVID. And I hear myself talking these videos of him open his presents. You could tell like I got snot everywhere in my in my <laughs> nose, <laughs> and I'm so congested. And you know, just seeing you know over the last couple of years, obviously my son's now three, almost three and a half, and I'm like, holy crap, where are the three and a half years are gone? Let alone the last eleven and a half months. Like this year has just flown by. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. Like, I feel like it was just yesterday we were doing all this whole this whole Christmas thing, and like I like I said earlier in the episode, like our power was out in the house today, and I had to leave the house in order to record the uh, interview with Morgan and uh, the rest of the episode. While I was gone, the wife stayed here with the dogs. No power. What do you do when you have no power? Can't work. We're work from home people. What do you do? Oh, okay. Well, I have a shit ton of gifts. Better start wrapping. So I get home and when I left, there was nothing under the tree. And uh, I get home and that tree is absolutely packed to the brim under the tree for all the gifts for our kids. And my wife doesn't listen to the pod because she just 
doesn't like hockey that much. And she but... listens to you enough as it is. Exactly. She hears my, <laughs> my shitty opinions enough. She hears them even more than what Burge does. So Godspeed uh... to her. <laughs> she uh big shout out to to Mrs. Ace, um, who this evening actually expressed her interest and maybe even coming on the two pad stack to complain about me, which I think wow. would be really well received oh, by yes. our audience and me and <laughs> me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, giant shout out to the wife getting the, the Christmas presents wrapped and under the tree. So I don't have to, frankly, it's better for the kids anyway, because when she wraps the presents actually look presentable. Like if I wrapped, it would look like a like a, a seven year old. Like my children wrapped it themselves. Like <laughs> it's all good. It's all you know, good. Kudos to her, man. Because if I was working from home on a day like today, and I didn't have any kids, and it was downpouring rain, and then I lost power, I'd be going right to my bed and taking a nice long nap. I know that'd I be my it. ideal day, right there. I mean, I don't get to nap anymore because my kids just destroy me on a daily basis, <laughs> and. That sounds just so good right now. Let's take a nap in a rainy day. Nothing better than that. I know, dude. I mean, I think now it's not even the kids. Like I can say to my kids at this point, be like, "Hey, Dad wants to take a nap. Don't don't wake me up. Leave me alone." Like if there's an emergency, wake me yeah. up. Yeah. But please, like if you don't actually need me, just be quiet. Watch a movie. Play some video games. Let me just sleep, and they'd let me do it. But my dogs, on the other hand, my dogs would be like. <laughs> I don't speak English and I don't really give a shit what your needs are. Like, I got to go take a dump outside unless you <laughs> want me to do it inside. That's up to you, man. Like, if you want to ignore me, I'm going to shit downstairs and that's going to be you problem later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, but yeah. Do you, do you have any like interesting Christmas? Like when your kids were younger and you were doing the whole thing, do you, did you do like any any fun things around the house to kind of play into it? Like this year, for example, for me, like we put the milk and cookies out last year for him. He was still a little too young to understand this year. He gets it a little bit more. I'm going to do the whole flower with the, the boot print and I'm going to like walk around in the house with it and, and, you know, kind of leave tracks nice. to kind of show that nice. Santa, that Santa came. So did you do any of that when you were, your kids were younger? Yeah, believe it or not. Even if you listen to what the guy on uh, Instagram is responding to us or TikTok and calling me and my wife lazy parents, um, we uh, <laughs> oh I didn't tell you about that no oh my god so you know we we take the clips and we put it on social media yeah yeah, yeah. I posted something on TikTok and I thought we were doing the elf on the shelf thing and uh, okay we yeah. talked about how we don't do it and it's just because that's like one extra thing we have to do and we'll forget and the kids will get upset mm -hmm. and something some guy responded to us and he's like oh that's because you're lazy parents you don't talking about, about you and i no you, me and my wife oh didn't i mean maybe you by extension. yeah because we agreed we agreed on yeah. that yeah so he's All like right. yeah you're lazy parents because you don't care about the joy of Christmas. All you have to do is put a little bit of an effort for your kids to get a good memory. And I told the wife about that. And she was like, all right, like whatever you say, Mr. Random guy on the yeah. internet, like, like what the fuck, man? Like, I understand you may not agree with me and you may not think that my, my stance on things aligns with what you do. Like if you want to prioritize 15 to 20 minutes a night, during this time of year and you have nothing else going on in your life, like more power to you. I'm not disrespecting you for doing it. Like I'm happy you can do that. All I'm saying is that I'm not fucking doing it. And that doesn't make me a bad parent for not doing no. it. No, no. Like, especially like something in like my situation who has two six month old infants, like by the time I get that 20 minutes a night, like, I need it for myself to recharge, to be able to be a, you know, the parent that I am during the day. You That's know? the most selfish thing you've ever said. I know. Rich. Right. Isn't that terrible so selfish, parent. man? I know. Like it makes me so awful. I feel terrible about it. No. You know what? <laughs> Screw that kind of take, man. You know, you do what you got to do. And I can probably almost guarantee it's an almost guarantee. Cause I don't know who this random dude on the internet was, but I can almost guarantee the dude doesn't have twins. So that guy yep. can pound sand. <laughs> yeah. Like go fuck yourself, bud. Um, Anyways, to answer your question, uh, you know, it, it's all kind of highly situational. There's sometimes like events at the school where the kids will go in and they'll do like crafts. And mm -hmm. they did the uh, like reindeer food 
thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's like the oats mixed with like glitter and shit. And mm-hmm. We did that, and like we sprinkled it in the front yard to, you know, facilitate the reindeer visit. And you know, spoiler alert: I'd go out at night and like scoop it up, <laughs> like to show like the reindeer are eating it. Like I'm still doing my part here, guys. Like I'm trying to buy into the magic and and still do that. And my daughter's 10 my oldest daughter's 10 my old my my uh, younger daughter is six they still believe so despite despite what's his face thinking that i'm a terrible parent like my kid still believes so that tells me i'm doing something right oh yeah for sure i'm absolutely building the illusion and lying to my kids and telling them that a random man shows up once a year to (laughs) drop off gifts walks into your house and my German shepherds don't fucking notice that there's a random dude in here giving <laughs> gifts. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, you're probably getting closer to the end of it, right? At this point where, you know, any year could be the year that at least your oldest kind of figures it out. And then and then she goes to her youngest, to our youngest and says, oh, by the way, they've been lying to us. <laughs> yeah, You know, but guess what you think about it? You could look at it that way, too. Like. You're, li- you're we're deliberately lying to our children to, yeah. to tell them this. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love the whole thing. I remember when I was a kid, I found out I was kind of like really upset about the whole thing because then I had I was the oldest of three. So I had to play the part for my sisters who are a lot younger than I was. So. But yeah, they're, they're deliberately lying to us for a chunk of our childhood. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> That's like, an awesome like, lie, though. Awesome it, lie. 100%. The magic of the season is so awesome for kids. And my kids are still up, so I'm trying not to be too loud right yeah. now. Yeah. But, like... You can move on if you want. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's a good time. But, um, yeah. So, it's been a incredibly eventful episode today. Um, we've introduced the wonderful Morgan Geeky interview where if you listened he even offered to come back again so mm-hmm. don't just stop listening after this episode stay tuned to the two pad stack podcast we're gonna have a bunch more really awesome interviews for you here um we're not done we're still cooking Virgin and i are oh, cooking yeah. man we're gonna have some really cool content coming for you um we had patrick's hat trick the first patrick hat trick of the season gave you a little hint that um we're gonna have some uh mrs ace jumping on at some point in the future we're gonna have uh even amelia my youngest that's playing hockey she has expressed her interest in jumping on the pod and talking about how hockey's been for her love that so get that that'll be a lot of fun um but yeah a lot of great stuff cooking here on the two pad stack pod uh we appreciate you immensely mr or mrs or non-binary listener um Birch, thank you again for all the work you're putting into helping out with the pod. And uh, yeah, don't, we'll catch you all next week. Don't What's forget up, about the, the watch party. Yeah, that's right. Like we, we said earlier in the episode, uh, January 27th, we're going to have a watch party. Boston Bruins hosting the Philadelphia Flyers. 1230 is puck drop. Well, it's probably more like 1245. Mm-hmm. But um. We're going to be opening up the doors at the brewery on uh, the 27th at noon. Come in, get some uh, discounted brewskis, chat with Burge and I, watch some hockey with us. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get her going. And uh, we're super excited for that. So we'll see you then. All right. Have a good week, man. Happy, Burge, ho- happy holidays. Merry Christmas, my friend. And I will talk to you on the uh, other side of the holiday or right before whatever the schedule works out however we work it out (laughs) all right yes sir i'll catch you later buddy peace Peace. all you listening peace Peace.